Here we are uh, sitting at the the mid of December of 2020. What have we gone through? What are we doing? And we're gathered here today to learn nothing new. We're not ingesting any new information today, really. This is uh, just a nice moment to get some context, some reference. We've all been through something super intense this past year, and it's been really grounding for me to look at astrology and the stars and our universe to give affirmation or at the very least context for what's happening. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that. And the two people that we're going to talk about it with are two people that could not be more equipped to have this conversation. Georgie Harris, who is the audio queen of my dreams. And then we also have Corinne here, Corinne Crawford, uh, to talk about all the astrology. She's a reader at Modern Mystic. So hi, hi, hi. Kirsten, I'm really glad that you are reiterating that we are not learning anything new today. Instead of being a school of learning new information, it's a school of how can we pause and reflect and share. It's a different kind of school entirely. I'm very glad to be here as well. And, you know, I think it's timely that we have a sort of grounding conversation after such a intense year. Yes, I think we can all collectively agree that 2020 was this year where we were pretty forced into this process of awakening or healing or enlightenment or whatever word you use to name the process that you're going through in your spirituality at the moment. I think we can all agree, though, that we were forced into something. So we're all going through it. We've all, I know, learned things, learned big things, had big lessons, this deep movement inward. And now we're at this phase where we can sort of look at the collective growth process that has come from here. And I think this is timely because of the season that we're in. It is currently winter. Uh, my toes are cold. And, and when the toes get cold, that's the time for just like bundling up. It's time for rest. I do a lot of goddess work and in womb healing, this is known as sage energy. This is our wise woman, this is the goddess that we see depicted with gray hair and lots of bundles around her. She's full of wisdom. And the sage energy is not about creating or learning or doing the sage is about resting and reflecting. And so it just seems like the perfect time to have this conversation where we look back on what was a shit show of a year, a collective dark night of the soul in a season where we get to sort of suss out, like, what did we learn from this? And, and what can we do to move forward, uh, but not yet give ourselves the time to pause? As we're recording this on the Friday before we release, so today is December 11th, 2020, um, we are in that dark moon phase of the moon as well, right? Yes, which makes sense, right? Because the, the moon, dark moon is a, is a moon of pausing. And so it, it links together. So we have, uh, my teacher would say we have uh, sage in the sky, we have sage in the seasons on earth right now. And so this is the perfect time to just sink into this energy where we're just like three women wiser, maybe after a crazy year. And we're going to talk to all of our other amazing modern mystics in the world who have been feeling the same way that we have to just like orient ourselves to our experience, which I think is the most powerful form of spirituality. Um, 
that we can engage. I'd be interested, Corinne, to hear how that's been affecting you this year. Well, to be honest, like I have isolated myself a lot this year and detached a lot from what's happening. And I think what I liked the most was this this being called to the table um, to really look at like what comes up when we're isolated, what comes up when we don't get to see our friends. For me, it was codependence and still is, you know, and then watching that on the world stage play out was even more insane. I know that I have been able to I think I actually had to like myself this year. Like I didn't have any choice other than to do so. Yes. We love to hear it. Yes. I mean, I do. Right. Like, I mean, there was no any, any, in any ways that I was externally focused, right. That I got my energy and my satisfaction and my joy from, from others and engaging with others, you know, that is taken away. And, you know, if I wanted to choose to keep having those feelings in my life, I had to turn it inwards and be like, all right, what's going on in here that I can celebrate in this way, in the way that up until this point, I usually did not make space for for myself. A hundred percent. And I think that kind of idea nicely feeds into what we're going to start talking about because, you know, our culture has it's put it in our heads that we're all external, we're all external, never go inwards, you know? And we've been living on this sort of collective autopilot and we haven't been forced to reckon with, do I even like myself? Do I even, because it's been all automatic. It's very fight or flight sort of energy that we've been operating on and continue to in many ways, but at least now through this horrific sort of great awakening, the blinders are coming off. All of this year, 2020, we have had the monstrous force of Saturn kind of sitting on our collective psyche. Saturn is like, he's a big old meanie, but he pays for everything. And he only has the most discerning taste, but if you look messy, he's going to tell you, and he's blunt. Sometimes he's cruel. Sometimes he's cold and unforgiving, and he produces results. I'm guessing that some folks listening have heard a good bit about the big planetary alignments this year. We had Saturn conjunct Pluto in January, and this kicked off the year in a rather morbid way because here we have Saturn, who's now hand-in-hand hand with Pluto. So Pluto is the planet of power, but it's silent power. The way I interpret it, and, you know, mind you, there's hundreds, thousands, millions, question mark? of astrologers. So it's all very subjective. But for me, this energy really showed up in a big way around the death of grind culture. Our system cracked <laughs> because the way we were working was not tenable. I don't think it's been tenable for years and years, but 2020 was the year where the rubber hit the road. And no, we cannot continue to exhaust ourselves, deplete our nervous systems, not have enough time for friends and family or our own hobbies or our own self-development. Like the fact that we have been operating on this sort of 
unconscious level for so long, I think 2020 was pretty revolutionary in the sense that we all were shaken up, right? No one's allowed to be asleep anymore. And that's not fun, right? It's not easy. It's not fun. It sucks. <laughs> but how are you going to transform and evolve if you don't hit rock bottom and you're not forced to really take a look at what rock bottom looks like? I know that was a big theme of this year. You know, I mentioned codependency, but I don't need to list all of my emotional problems. <laughs> Honestly, can we go in a circle? <laughs> I had this uh, astrology teacher. She would explain to me that Pluto does not do pretty. And combined with that Capricorn energy of just like, you know, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Like you put those two things together and it's, it's that energy of the revolution. You know, it's like, let's take our collective shadow and let's force it to the surface. Um, so Pluto's just, it's like you said, they're both rough and messy, but I think it's undeniable just from a, like a logical standpoint that if you looked at this past year and said, oh, you know, the stars are saying that you're going to have a year where the collective underbelly of your society is exposed and your year will be wrought with revolution could you really look at 2020 and be like, mm, nope, doesn't track, you know? So yeah, like, I don't know what causes what, but it, it, it links up. Um, so I appreciate you laying that out for us, that context. Mm. And something else that I like about the Saturn energy, I'm a little bit of a savage. I have a lot of Saturn in my chart. So this energy comes naturally to me, but something of the high side of Saturn is that Saturn like is pushing us towards growth, towards evolution, right? Like with the main principle, it's like he just wants you to get into Harvard or whatever. But the Saturn archetype is interested in what we're learning in order to evolve, which means that this is a conversation larger than just our own ego. It's not about me. It's not about you. It is about us. It's not about us three. It's about the collective us, right? And so one way of interpreting COVID all year, we all have had opinions, right? I can't even log into Instagram without being psychically bombarded by everybody's feelings about COVID. And it's pretty toxic. Has been all year. But the point I'm trying to make is that everybody has wanted to be heard and wanted to put out their you know, hard and fast rules for how to deal with a pandemic, how to deal with holidays, what's right, what's wrong. And I'm not even sure I believe in right and wrong because, again, it's so subjective. But I think the point is this is not about our individual egos. It's not about Corinne's opinion on what a pandemic looks like because we're all in it together. So, Nobody wins and everybody wins. <laughs> or, you know, we have been forced to put aside our own egoic thoughts and beliefs on behalf of the larger group because we need each other. And I think at the end of the day, when it's like, let's just use an example that you didn't go to Thanksgiving with your family and you guys got into a fight about it. It's like, okay, that drama sucks, but it's, it's going, it's pushing us in an intense way, in a very uncomfortable way to go beyond the paradigm of what we 
our learning and what we need to learn to evolve. I also remember you talking a little bit about Kronos and this sort of father time figure. Can you talk to us a little bit about how time plays a role in in relation to Saturn? So Saturn represents our destiny. So our collective destiny, but also our individual destiny. So when we look at our chart and we look to Saturn, the question we ask is, how do I best serve my purpose? Or in different words, how do I best contribute to society? And the idea with Saturn, you guys already know he's a little rougher on the edges, but he also does not tolerate being ignored. Saturn being the physical lesson is going to kick down the metaphorical door if you shut it in his face. Because the idea here is that you and Saturn, you and Father Time, you signed a contract and you can't just rip it up because you don't feel like it. It's legally binding and it's time binding, right? We have the element of physicality coming through as time because... This is an intrinsic point of our collective purpose and ascension and growth, but it generally points to our purpose. So the purpose that we've all kind of had this year is built around ideas of career and getting results and being responsible, you know, really embodying this very together, very professional sort of principle Saturn wants things to be by the book. And our grind culture lifestyle was not by the book. It was, I can count on all my extremities, friends who've been burnt out, overworked, underpaid, and that's just not okay. And Saturn finally came in and was like, yeah, this is not okay. The people need a break. So we're going to put them in front of their TV screens. That's all they're going to have, but they're going to be forced to look within or forced to ask themselves, why do I work myself to the bone? Why do I leave no room in my life for deeper thought? Why am I on autopilot? Does my lifestyle actually serve me? You know, these are the physical questions. I I do resonate with the Saturnian energy because it's kind of like clapping us like, wake up, wake up. And I think that this year humbled a lot of people. And I don't mean that in a grotesque way, like you have to be humbled by a sickness But I think humbled in the sense of our life is bigger than just our small worlds. And don't we deserve more? Don't we deserve better? Don't we all deserve more out of life? And don't we all deserve a more meaningful, rich existence? Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you too. And I'm also super aware that these are not new questions, right? These are not new struggles and resistance against the way that society is structured. I'm also aware that something happened this year specifically to the way that time moves that allowed us to actually, in a collective way, drop deeply into these lessons. Like there's been no span of time in my life where I've been so present with myself because there's no other option. And I'm an introvert. You know, both of you were talking about how sort of COVID forced you to get used to not being in the external world. For me, I love being alone. And then quarantine hit and I was just like, we're going deeper, you know, and there was the time and space to do that. You know, I got furloughed in April. I've never laid on my sofa and thought about life so much. (laughs) 
So yeah, I find it interesting, this element of time that we were all gifted both a plethora of time and an opportunity to totally restructure the way that we use our time. Totally. I love that point. I saw something on Instagram the other day that was like, real life time is much slower than social media time. (laughs) And I just love that reminder because, you know, personally, time has almost like lost its meaning. Some days I don't even leave the house or speak to anyone. You know, that's when it (laughs) really gets wonky. (laughs) But, you know, really forcing us, for lack of a better word, into this utter presence. You know, just to take it zoomed out for one second, what did all the great spiritual teachers have to teach us? What did the masters ever say? It's all about being present in every single moment, being able to find joy in every single moment. And right now, I think it's safe to say we're all dealing with the shadow aspects of that, where we're all very sad and depressed and listless and bored and checked out and angry and The list goes on, right? Like you're not alone if you're feeling like a maniac because I've been feeling like a maniac all year and it's probably not going to quit. But the challenge is to focus less on this like unrelenting thing that's happening to us and more focus on building our core. How can I be better? Okay, yeah, the world is in shambles, but can I honestly look at myself and be happy with what I see and be okay with my flaws? You know, that to me is the real Saturnian work of becoming a better person just because. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you said, because there's nowhere else to turn. And I think you described it as this great self-care moment where we're all, we've had to be forced to figure out how do I take care of myself and this part of myself? And so what I would love to do is for us to share about what that looked like this year, since we, we have this, you know, clear understanding of where we've been, what we've gone through. We all know what the past, you know, 11 months have been like for us. And so now I'm just like, I would love to hear from both of you. How have you coped? Like, what are the tools that you've used to move through this energy? Because that's a part of uh, that reflection, I think is so important to pause and say, here is what worked. I don't feel like I've been taking that good care of myself. I've really fallen off on a lot of my practice and exploration. I'm not doing my moon rituals. I'm not journaling as much. I go to those tools when I'm like really in despair or feeling like I really want things to change. I mean, obviously the things that I want to change now in my world are really things that I don't have a lot of control over. And to tell you the truth, becoming medicated really helped. That is a big thing that happened this year, right? I started taking some medicine that really helped my brain feel a lot better. And it almost is in response to some of the stuff that Corinne was talking about with, we are going to make you stop and really look at how this is impacting you because some of the coping strategies I had before turning my attention outward, um, it's not really an available option anymore. So I really had to do that. And that feels like one of the the biggest self-care gifts, really. Yeah, I appreciate you speaking to self-care in a way that I think is so much more realistic. You know, people talk about self-care, insert eye roll here, you know, with like a a bubble bath and and a self-care can be bubble bath. Absolutely. But what you're talking about is like radical self-care, this deep, how do I take care of myself and how do I 
sit with my shadows. I can't wait to see statistics about how many people chose to go on medication this past year. I am also a person on this call who chose to go on medication for the first time in my life. And it was a similar experience of the shadows kept coming up. And, you know, Saturn to me doesn't just feel like a high school principal. He feels like some sort of military person who has my eyelids taped open and like is forcing me to look at all of the things I've always not wanted to look at about my life and run from. And I just kept looking and stuff kept coming up. And it was like Saturn sort of eventually just told me like, do you want to suffer or do you want to put in the work to make your life what you want it to be? It was at that point that it's like, if I don't get lost in the suffering and lost in the shadows, there's a world to create. And that felt very much like a Saturn energy where again, we're talking about the physical Another thing that really helped me a lot that not only helped me feel centered, but actually helped me for the first time in 15 years successfully quit smoking cigarettes because daddy Saturn came in and he was like, girl, what are we doing? What you running from? You trying to breed? I'll show you. <laughs> and so I started meditating, meditating every day. And it, it, you know, I always meditated before, but never, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day of like dedicated time with me, myself and I, and it is, it'll blow your mind, man. It'll blow your mind. And so that's been a huge tool that I've had. Um, and then herbs. Corinne, what you got going on? I started therapy. I don't know where I was slash who I was before. And to be able to witness myself being cuckoo bananas is like such a gift. And I'm a very verbal processor, hashtag air signs. So I, I have to talk. Otherwise, like I don't even know who I am. I'd turn into a formless void, you know, like I need to validate my own existence. So to have someone do that, it's been a game changer for me. You know, it's like rewiring your whole system. Like I'm rewiring how I think, communicate, show up. It's just been, it's been such an inspiring process to me this year because when you're deep in trauma, it's hard to imagine any other way to be, right? It's the Saturn lesson of like, Kirsten, I love what you brought up with smoking cigarettes. Like yeah, Saturn is really knocking on your door. Like, do you want to get sick or what? And I felt that way, but mentally, you know, mentally sick. Like, do I want to be so quick to anger and so defensive my whole life? No. Like, sure, we can come in with astrology and say that I'm a little defensive because I have a lot of cancer placements. Sure, but that doesn't make it like an acceptable behavior. Like, I think we should always be striving to be better. And even if defensiveness is a natural little corner of my brain, that doesn't mean that I should set up camp there, you know? Yes, absolutely. I always appreciate the way that you talk about astrology, which is not an excuse for bad behavior or to act however you want. It's a way to get to know yourself better so you can know what you want to lean into, what you want to work on, you know, you can never navigate your triggers if you're not aware of what they are. And so astrology is just a way to know yourself more deeply, not to excuse yourself from responsibility. What you're talking about, I feel like is the era that we're moving into, which is like 
spirituality is, it's all of it. It's your mind, it's your body, it's your spirit. It's holistically how you are in relation to the world and to yourself. That's part of what we're doing this next year with Sunday School is dropping deeper to say, okay, you know about crystals, you know how to use them, you know about rituals, you know how to do them. When you have done those things, what has come up for you? And let's talk about it to process and integrate so we can create the life that we actually want. And we're not just like insulated in our own world that feels nice. Um, but we're creating one that feels nice for everyone. Even the insistence that we even need all those bells and whistles, that we need to be so up to speed about tarot or the stars or astrology or crystals or herbalism that we somehow have to like have this knowledge first before we are allowed to access that healing and that connection. I think that's a big thing that we're redoing right now too, right? Yes. And Georgie, I love like when you shared how you spoke that you'd like fallen off a lot of your spiritual rituals. And I think that's so important to talk about because like you're saying, many of us are just kind of grasping at straws, but it's like, if, if those weren't supporting you, then you let them go for good reason and you needed to let them go. And, you know, like I've spent so much of this year, like, stoned and disassociated. And I'm not proud of that. I'm a little ashamed of it, but that is what happened because I could not process. It was just like, nope, that's what I needed to just keep going to get through the day. And I think this conversation is important to normalize however it looks like. Maybe it looks like meditation. Maybe it looks like therapy. You know, maybe you clean your house and achieve Zen. That sometimes happens <laughs> for me. So I think the framework of spirituality, it, it could serve to be more flexible. And, you know, that kind of leads us into the next part of our conversation, which touches on you know, where are we going? We didn't do much like talking about the eclipses. And I don't know if we want to like touch on those for a moment or not. There's the lunar eclipse that would have been in Gemini that we just went through at the end on of the November. 30th. Yeah. On the 30th. And then, then we have this solar eclipse on the new moon that's going to come up just a day or two after this recording is released. And... So eclipsing, it's, it's a verb, right? We do the eclipse, like it covers over it. And I just wonder like what that relationship with, with the shame that you're talking about, like, cause I do feel that this space that we have been leading up to in this, like now that we are making this shift within ourselves and really coming into acceptance, I just wonder if that resonates for other people that, that it's, a really good, powerful time in the collective to be letting go of shame. Yes, I love this point, Georgie, so good. Um, because, yeah, eclipses are really just like, it's like when you shake a soda can. <laughs> Why would you, TBH? But if you did, it's just like, ah! And, you know, the eclipse is its own thing on top of all of the astrological events that we don't even have the time or mental bandwidth to dissect. But 
eclipses just force the they blow the lid off of that sprite can and it it goes everywhere if you're not prepared if you don't have your towel laid out and your new outfit right next to you so i love that you brought that in um because you know the lunar eclipse is thought to illuminate which you're totally spot on on the 30th of november um said to illuminate our inner world through other people. So it's like our reflection, but we see it outside of ourselves. Whereas the solar is more me focused, like boom, boom, boom. Um, or, you know, the sun is the ego. So it's like, what about me? How relate it back to me? Um, so the eclipse, they come in pairs. So the 30th and then the 14th of December and wherever they fall in your chart is where you're kind of having this like Sprite can energy. And so again, I just love that you equated my shame to that because in my personal chart, mine is all about letting go of old belief systems, letting go of the way I think, letting go of what I think I know and how I communicate and how I even process and you know, that's why I brought up therapy and I feel even more called during this eclipse season to really dive into my therapy work and do that hard dissecting work. And, you know, it's also helpful when mirrors like you, you know, it's like, oh, this shame, like it doesn't need to be there, but clearly it still is because I'm still holding it. And so how can I, you know, just with the silly metaphor I came up with, how can I clean up the mess of my overblown shame that is clearly not serving me and it's not serving anyone in my world anymore? I feel like there's not enough relevant information of like, this is an actual thing happening in the sky. This is not just like an Instagram post where you figure out what's going on with you. And so one of the things that you're talking about, this soda can energy is, is one thing that I think people do discuss specifically in regards to this sort of myth that you're not meant to do ritual around the eclipses. Um, something that people talk about all the time, like don't, you know, don't do it. The energy is so hectic, so crazy, so chaotic. And I'm curious if we can speak to that at all. My intuition is not really a fan of that at all, just in the, this moment, because I think that's where spirituality gets damaging when there are rules and you're doing it wrong because that creates judgment, which then creates blame, shame, all these icky, sticky feelings. So personally, I'm just a create your own adventure type of gal. If you're feeling it, if your sweet little heart is like, I need a full crystal grid, I need tarot decks, I need to read for my past, present, future lovers, do your thing because only you know your capacity for chaos or energetic experience. And don't let anyone tell you. I, well, I know that sounds annoying and like, okay, Corinne, that's not super helpful, but I, I more so am saying this to guide the listener to what is true for you. You know, like we were talking about with Georgie, like what makes you feel safe? How how do you bring, how do you come home within yourself? It's the same idea. It's like, how do you feel safe right now with what's happening in the sky? 
Does that answer your question? It absolutely does. And I love that you're speaking to that because the eclipse energy is just a ritual in and of itself. And however you feel best experiencing that is the way that you can or cannot ritualize what's already going on. Um, And that's, I think that's a really cool way to think about it where just ride ride the wave, um, partake in the energy, whatever, however that feels best for you. I saw an art exhibit in New York. I don't remember when, but it had the most brilliant name that's like really stuck with me. It was called Try to Alter Everything. And I just love that because it's like, if the full moon eclipse is a ritual, can every can everything not then be a ritual? Can everything then not become a beautiful altar? Can the meal we're all going to cook tonight, can that not be a gift to the heavenly gods and goddesses? You know, like I, I like the idea of just infusing spirituality into every waking moment. So it doesn't have to be this divide, this disconnect of something that I may be not doing right or well. You know, that's that's we don't need that Capricorn mean energy when we're speaking about our own spiritual evolution. You know, we need our our own sense of self-nurturing and safety and yeah, just self-love. So that's what I got to say about that. I love that you took it there. I think it's so relevant. That's um, again, what we're trying to do with, uh, with, with Sunday school this next year is, is push you to see what discernment looks like for you. And a part of that is, you know, letting your spirituality look however it looks and why can't it be the everyday things that you do that bring you closer to the divine, to God and goddess. So hell yes. Is that going to be more prevalent? Is there a shift happening where it's true that the collective is sort of being able to see through this sort of lens, through this sacred lens that moves towards reverence for every little mundane and intricate, beautiful part of our lives, right? Like, I think we're in a spiritual community, right? We have friends with whom we can discuss these topics. So our perspective on whether or not like this shift is happening and it really is growing. I mean, it's, I think it'd be cool if it were. Definitely. Um, So to give you an astrologically informed answer to that question, On December 17th, which is next week, who boy, Saturn, our big zaddy, is actually moving into Aquarius, where he's going to stay until the end of next year. So this is a big shift because, you know, kind of all this heavy, very disciplined, strict, play-by-the-rules do the right thing sort of energy we were speaking about earlier in the call is now changing to a almost polar opposite energy to the energy of Aquarius, which is very verbal and communicative and logical, but less stuck in the mud. So let's see. A more clear way to put this is our collective life purpose, so to speak, for the last two years or so, when Saturn was in Aquarius, 
was to do the work. It was to show up. It was to be on time. It was to get results, productivity, being exalted. Now, of course, this year we see capitalism breaking apart at the seams, which perhaps meant it was not tenable in the first place. Just, just an opinion. But so now we're moving from this very work focused, very productive, you know, productivity was exalted. And now we're moving into ideas being exalted. Aquarius is the realm of the inventor of the total weirdo who comes up with the most oddball things that then lead us into the future. You know, the conversation of astrology is an Aquarian one because it's so out here on the fringes. And yet once we start to live by it, it provides structure for our daily life. Or I can only speak for myself. It's certainly given me that. Um, And so on top of Saturn changing signs, which means, you know, again, maybe there'll be some brilliant new inventions. Um, Maybe we're really going to revolutionize how we think about solving these global health crises. And, you know, Aquarius is the sign of the group, of the collective. So now more than ever, we're really leaning into, you know, Kirsten, I know you spoke of like, oh, I, I miss my friends. So it's kind of taunting me to read about how I can't be with my friends. And yeah, that is sad. And I don't want to diminish your experience, but Aquarius is forcing us to think bigger. Like, okay, so yeah, we are all quarantined. What now? We're not going to sit in despair. That's not an option. It has been. And I mean, I can't say that. Yes, we can sit in despair if we so choose to, but we do always have a more empowered choice, which is to lean into our groups, to lean into each other, to use the internet. The internet is the most Aquarius thing on earth. It's just like a dork resource. You know, you can teach yourself anything overnight if you wanted to. Um, So I really see this changing our society on a large scale because finally we're breaking out of this like work, work, work automaton and we're, we're thinking and we're communicating in new ways. You know, maybe we learned through quarantine that our communication style isn't working because our loved one, you know, maybe there was a hard stop there or something happened, something broke and we're forced to to dig deeper and learn how to communicate in new and refreshing and inspired ways. This is great. And so what you're referencing here is what people are calling the great conjunction, right? So the great conjunction is actually between Saturn and Jupiter. This has not happened in the, uh, for 20 years. And it's, it's a very, unique meeting of archetypal energies because I think we we're familiar with Saturn by now right Jupiter is the opposite Jupiter is the gambler who drinks too much who's like let's just call him Santa Claus because we all are perhaps familiar with that he's spilling over he's laughs too much he talks too loud he's all red in the face you know he's like tripping over himself. He's such a fool, but we love him because compared to Saturn, he's like a joy machine. He brings joy. 
and Saturn brings discipline and structure. So we just can put these two, these two pieces together like ABCs and what do we get? You know, maybe the potential for some really truly revolutionary new expansive thought, you know, breaking down of these rigid paradigms. Like I've already personally been very impressed with the power of the internet this whole year. Jupiter comes in and wants to make our online social networks more abundant and more fun and more joy filled. Um, and, you know, maybe these two together can really have some big real power to the people moments because Jupiter wants you to be full of joy. Jupiter doesn't want you to be sad anymore. And Saturn is like, okay, do you have your list then? You can't be messy. So if we're organized and we get it together after we've had our year of, you know, kind of processing and rest, I can't say that across the board, of course, that's a very reductive thing to say. But I hope you guys get what I mean. Um, so Jupiter wants to grow and to expand and to get bigger. So I really think that this humanitarian effort, this kind of like guerrilla online stuff, at least I'm seeing, you know, my friends are organizing and motivated in new ways. And I really think we could see that come through on an even larger scale that that affects all of us, that touches the collective rather than just you, me, and us. It's it's all of us. Um, yes, that is, and and it's just so interesting because if you if it was if it was just all Jupiter energy, we would get nothing done, right? We'd just be like feeling good and doing whatever. And if it was all Saturn energy, we'd be so hard on ourselves that we'd never you know, have what we need to make actual change and change. And so it's interesting that these two forces are meeting each other and balancing in a way that is sort of the perfect formula for things to actually shift for us to see real changes in our world. Um, Yeah. Yes. I love that. And it's so spot on, you know, it's like, we really, I think these two planets, they, they are really going to balance each other in a powerful way because, you know, we had the mean Sopranos character come in at the beginning of the year and basically tell us all to F off. Right. And so we did, and we were miserable and we had the meanie over our shoulder taking notes, you know, are you still working? What are you doing? What's going on? But now that we have our big friendly, you know, we can, find a joy again and we can kind of restructure our lives in a more meaningful way now that we've all kind of had to reckon with the fact that the world that we know is kind of gone like I'm sorry to say that in such plain terms but I believe it to be true so now what's possible can we dream bigger can we think can we expand beyond our current paradigm and can we build a new life honestly, for ourselves and for the collective. Yeah, it sounds like a very innovative energy, very futuristic, which I'm ready for it. If we could survive 2020, I'm. let's create a new world. I'm down. If you want to share your experiences of what you've been through this past year, um, the things that you had come up for you and what we talked about, check us out. You know how to connect with us on Instagram. It's at modernmystic underscore shop 
we stand an underscore on an Instagram account. Um, please share with us. I hope you enjoyed today. I enjoyed getting to talk to these two wonderful people and share a little bit, feel comforted uh, in our, our unified experience and to know a little bit about what's coming up. So when you're listening to this, you could be listening to this on the day that these eclipses are happening, which would be really cool. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. And it was such a joy to speak with you both. And if the listener, if anybody is interested in following my personal astrology account on Instagram, I'm astrofemme, A-S-T-R-O-F-E-M-M-E with two underscores. Totally love the underscore moment. (laughs) So shoot me a follow, say hello. If you want help looking up your eclipse spot in your chart, I can help you there too. And yeah, thanks for having me on. So excited for 2021. (laughs) Bye. Yes. Bye 2020. 2020. Bring it on 2021. We are going to fucking rock it.